Good morning, everyone. Motivating the church to do what is commanded in the Word of God. I want to start by saying there was a preacher that was preaching for 16 years, and he had the great strong support of his wife. I just want to let you know that encouragement is very important before we get there, okay? So I want to open up by letting you know that one morning the wife got up. She went to the store on a Saturday morning to get some coffee for the preacher because he loved drinking his coffee early in the morning. And while she was gone, he decided to get up and go in the kitchen, and he looked over the side of the bed for his slippers, and they wasn't there. So he got up out of the bed, and he looked under the bed, and there was his slippers. And he also noticed there was a box, big shoebox, up underneath the bed. So he grabbed the shoebox, and he opened it up, and lo and behold, it was a box full of money and three eggs. And he thought to himself, where in the world did she get all of this money from? And what is the purpose of these three eggs in this box? Wait till she get back here. She's been holding out on me. So when his wife came back and fixed him some coffee, and he went in, he said, honey, I found the box. She said, you did, baby. He said, yes, I found the box, honey. He said, can you tell me what is the purpose of these three eggs? And where did you get all of this money from? She said, well, darling, you've been preaching for 16 years. And every time you preach a bad sermon, I put an egg in the box. And he thought to himself, wow, for 16 years, my wife has been watching and monitoring me. And all I've preached was three bad sermons in 16 years. Boy, he felt so encouraged. And then he said, honey, but where did you get all of this money from? She said, every time I get a dozen, I cash them in. <laughs> so we have to be careful because sometimes when we, when we seek to encourage people, we can wind up being a discouragement to them. And that is what I want to start off with today because... In our congregations, especially our leadership, we need a lot of encouragement. Yes, yes. And sometimes folk go about the way of discouraging instead of encouraging. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to remember that. I've given you a handout, and I don't have one myself. Uh, oh, here it is. Maybe No, that's just page two. Thank you, Brother Felix. Now, motivating the church. I'm glad to be here today, and I thank you all for being in here today. And I hope that something is said or done here that will encourage you to not only speak to your leadership, but to the members as well, because remember, we are all one and the same in the body of Christ. Now, we respect leadership, but when after all is said and done, we are still brothers and sisters in Christ. And if there's something that should be done in the church, and it don't seem like they have an idea, and maybe you do, you ought to be able to go to your leadership and encourage them or ask them, or uh, 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 sometimes we have to light a fuse 
uh, in them to do what the word of God require us to do. Now, uh, I'm going to have just uh, uh, some participation here today from those out in the audience here. Now, I have four questions in this handout. And one of the questions is on page one, thoughts to reflect on. Y'all see that? It says, would you visit Jesus if he was in prison? Would you visit Jesus if he was in prison? Now, I'm going to ask uh, 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 this. Who's smiling at me? Anybody smiling at me? See, now, see that lovely lady there smiling at me. Could you stand up and read that scripture for us there, dear? Yeah, it's Matthew 25, 34 through 39. And the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king shall say, shall answer and say unto them, I tell you the truth, inasmuch as you have done it to one of the least of my brethren, you have done it to me. Amen. Amen. If this isn't motivation enough to remember that we are servants of God. Now, sometimes I know that folks get beside themselves because they wear titles. And they forget that we are servants of God. And that when we have done it to the least, who is the least? See, prison ministry is not just about going behind the four walls or the prison bars. Prison ministry has so many aspects in it. You don't have to go behind the four walls in order to be a big support and vital part of prison ministry. Maybe you might be one that wouldn't mind checking uh, uh, Bible correspondent courses. Maybe you might be one that wouldn't mind uh, 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 giving calls to family members of those who are incarcerated uh, to invite them to an event or see how they are doing to let them know that you all are interacting with their loved one and trying to help turn their lives around. Uh, maybe you may have the gift of encouragement that you can encourage others who are in the body uh, to uh, mount up and, and, and to come together and to do all that you can to help lead a soul unto Christ. Because after all, prison ministry is just that. First of all, it's caring for the souls of them that did not care about their own soul. Now you're speaking to an ex-offender, four-time loser. And like we tell the men uh, in the NOLA, uh, 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 prison ministry reentry program, I tell them all the time, it doesn't matter about the good things that we do. 
how we get jobs for you, bus passes and clothing and the things that we do for you, how we come in and you send us to your families and we go. It doesn't matter if I steal a bubblegum, I will still be 519602. That was my prison number in Angola. I forgot the numbers in the other penitentiaries in Missouri and all. 519602. Because the law is the law, right? And Christ's law is Christ's law. Am I right about it? Now watch this. Sometimes we, we, we fail to look in our own backyard because some of us have loved ones, family members, that we have completely turned our back on because it appears to us that they are never changed their ways. And I start by to tell you, you're right. They will never change. If they had the power to change, they'd do it. People didn't understand. Why, why, man, he'll never leave that crack cocaine alone. Ain't no need to talk about it. just leave him alone. He ain't gonna never be nothing. Well, if you understood what I was going through, if you understood the chemical effect, if you understood how it broke down my, my membrane and my cells and my brain are weak now, and I can't fight this thing by myself, then maybe you would give me a helping hand or try to give me some encouragement instead of just saying I'll never be anything so you're not going to waste your time on me. What are you saying, Brother Green? There are things that we don't understand, and that's okay. That's where the Word of God comes in at, and that's where people like me comes in at, people that God have picked up out of the muck and mire clay, and he have dusted off, that's all, just dusted off, and he have put his word on your lip that you won't be ashamed to tell him, yes, I used to be a killer, a robber, a dope dealer, and all of those things. Yes, I've been shot, I've been stabbed in and out of the penitentiary. No, I may not have the education that you have. But when God, Come on. God, God uses people. <clears throat> How do I motivate the church to see that? By our participating in this wonderful ministry. Because the good thing about it is those that are behind bars, they got time to listen to you. They got time to listen to you. Amen. And you never know that all you're doing is seed planting. Somebody else may come along and give it some water. But God is going to give it the increase. Now, as our dear brother said that I've been blessed. I've been home in New Orleans three years and four months. And 30 days, well, one week after getting in New Orleans, I made a phone call. And my dream had came true because I always wanted to get back into Angola. And so I've been going into Angola now three years and three months. Amen. Now, God used people. Who did God use for you to get into Angola, Brother Green? Of course, he used the chaplain of the Church of Christ in Angola. Stand up, chaplain. And because of Brother Richard Felix, who is the minister of the Church of Christ, the largest one in Louisiana, of course, is in the prison, over 2,000 members. Amen. But we've been working diligently with Brother Felix ever since I come home. Where did you meet Brother Felix at my first 35th National Jail and Prison Ministry Workshop in Kansas City? 
where I was at, where I surrendered. That's where I met Brother Felix. Amen. And as he said in the session, and I was telling the people that my blessing, my prayers, that God would bless me one day to go back into Angola. He told me afterwards, I can help you with that, Brother Green. I looked at him. <laughs> I looked at him. I said, well, who is you? <laughs> that you know about Angola. He said, well, I'm the chaplain of the Church of Christ. I said, there's a Church of Christ in Angola? He said, yeah, I've been there for 20, well, almost 20 years at that time. Now it's 21 years. Mm -hmm. Amen. That was then. And uh, he said, if you ever come back, give me a call. Mm -hmm. And I was back about three days, and I gave him a call. He processed me within that week. And within a month's time, been going in ever since. Mm -hmm. So Brother Felix got a chance to meet some of the men that I did time with. He got a chance to meet a lot of the people when I come off a of death row that I was on the walk with, that I work in the fields with. As a matter of fact, what was it, last week, two weeks ago, one of them gave him a picture to give to me. And it was a picture of me on the yard in Angola posing with another guy over 30 years ago. And he showed me that picture. I said, Brother Felix, where in the world you get this from? <laughs> and he just started laughing because I did look. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't skinny. Bandana around the neck being a convict, you know. Not a teenager no more, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I praise God. And uh, we have baptized on last year about 50-something men. And thus far this year, we have baptized uh, about what, Brother Felix? About a dozen right now thus far this year. Now, we don't just go into the prison. We help them when they get out. Amen. This is where the NOLA Church of Christ Prison Ministry Reentry Program comes in. And one of the directors of that program is Minister Cedric Ivory of the Crescent City Church of Christ. Stand up, Cedric. Tell them who you are, what we do. How y'all doing? As uh, Brother Green said, uh, we, we started the NOLA uh, area prison ministry uh, program, and we assist ex-offenders when they uh, return home from, uh, from being incarcerated. A few things we do is help them with employment. We try to help them with trans transportation. Right now we're working on something where we can help them with some housing. But we offer uh, several services uh, for them as well, as long as well as education. We go inside the prison and we also do mentoring for 12 weeks. We have a curriculum set up for 12 weeks that we go in and we do mentoring for 12 weeks for those who are inside. But we also offer these uh, supportive services for those uh, who are returning back to the normal place. Amen. 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 We have Brother Celestine here. He goes into one of the prisons for us, Cottonport. Where you at, Celestine? Stand up. Say hello to the people. How you doing? Amen. Brother Celestine, wife Elizabeth Celestine. Lane. Praise God. Amen. And this is uh, my first time attending this workshop, and I've been doing this for 15 years. Um, my job had me uh, kind of clogged up, but that's another story. Uh, God has enabled me to come here today to attend this, my wife and I, and this is a joyful event for me and my wife. Amen. God sent, and I'm Amen. to be here and to share with Brother Green and all you brothers and sisters here. Now, motivate, motivating the church, we have Brother Wendell Jones from the Louisa Street Congregation. Stand up, Wendell. Say hello to the people. Now, as you can tell, Brother Wendell has a handicap. He's had a few strokes. But he do more work than all of us. 
he type up our papers, write up our curriculums. He do all of those things. He make connections with the families. He take the load off of Brother Green's shoulder a whole lot. Little do he know. He tell me about I'm the busiest man. That's all right. But I, I acknowledge and thank God for what he does. Now, he's from the Louisa Street congregation. Why are you saying that, Brother Green? Because they would like some of your congregation. They don't want to do nothing. <laughs> but gospel meeting in Ladies' Day. You can sit down with me. So I headed out with some of his elders there that don't like Brother Green because they say he didn't come here to New Orleans and think he doing something because I'm not promoting gospel meeting in Ladies' Day. I'm promoting feeding the homeless. I'm promoting going into jails, assisting them. I'm promoting going to your pocket and help me to get this man a 30-day bus pass so that he can continue to look for work and do the things that he needs to do. This is what we are promoting. I'm glad to have a team of men that ain't shame to tell folks where you come from. Stand up, Dr. Willie Woods. Willie Woods, what do we have in what do we have in common, Brother Woods? We spend time with them, don't we, Woods? Because we tell them the Church of Christ is one of the friendliest places in the world. And they get that from Elysian Fields. She was instrumental in bringing him into the church. Amen. Now, I want to share something with y'all. On last year, Brother Woods preached uh, about four or five sermons in Angola. Thank God for Chaplain Felix, and he did his first baptism in Angola on last year. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Amen. So I'm thankful. Now, let's get to motivating. Now, at Allegiant Fields, I've only been a minister there about a year and a half. That's why I wasn't able to be in Cincinnati. Got to get some things in order. Amen. Now, why would they select me to be the minister? I believe the selection was because of the things that I were doing automatically. And I told them I didn't come here to be no minister. My work is on the outside in the prisons, in the streets, with people who have addictions and things like I did. My work is letting them know that they can overcome and it don't have to come from a textbook. Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So I'm not ashamed to tell people that I, yeah, I smoked crack cocaine for over 22 years. Yes, I arrived and I, I've broken houses. I did a lot of things. I want to stay. Let me stop and pause for station identification right now. If I have broken in any of your houses. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> and I want you all to know I don't have no money to give you back. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The first two things God did for me when I made it home to New Orleans, he got me in Angola. And, and with the well, the first week, in four days, he got me a job. 
I told him, Lord, uh, not in the field that I was in, heating and air conditioning, but in the plumbing field. The plumbing company called me within four days. So I worked for the plumbing company for about a year uh, and a half before I was given this position. And in this position, yeah, I had to take downsides, but that's all right. And yeah, they did have a split. You all know how things go. That's all right. Left us with a few people. That's all right. But in a year and a half, we have grown from the 60-something people to 140-something so far, all new faces. Amen. And some are, uh, others are still starting to come back now. When you see some people, it's hard when they're wrong to say I'm sorry or know how to, you know, for, uh, forgive. This is our next point here. The next question you see down there, it says, do you remember Christ's gift of forgiveness to you? These are some of the things that you have to instruct a congregation, even leadership. Because sometimes uh, elders and deacons especially can get so caught up in overseeing the congregation when they forget the whole scope of the ministry. Okay? So you have to encourage them that remember, you must remember that if it was not for forgiveness, hello somebody. Amen. Amen. If it was not for forgiveness, did you ever think you'd be preaching, Brother Green? Ain't nowhere in the wild. But the hardest hurdle that God got me over was that addiction to that crack cocaine. And when he gave me the, 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 the strength to walk out of that addiction, I knew then that God can do anything. And that's what motivated me to want to tell everybody I got high with. But before I could go to them, God had to strengthen me. So he put me around brothers and sisters in the church that looked beyond what I used to do. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. I want to introduce y'all to my mother right now, too. I want to take this time. I stand up, mother. Stand up, mother. Stand up, mother. This is Sister Zalma Richardson from the Swole Parkway Church of Christ. They are faithful to the workshop. And one of the leaders there at the Swole Parkway Church of Christ, me, me and his brother, we clashed heads in Lansing Penitentiary before. Amen. He's faithful about what he does. Ain't no doubt about it. I love him. Amen. Brother Willie Jackson, stand up. Brother Sister Jackson. Amen. All down in Kansas. He on the Missouri side. He infiltrating our part in Kansas. <laughs> Tell me we got it this Sunday. Well, can I just come in and watch? <laughs> no, he said. <laughs> no, uh, amen. They're doing some great work. Amen. I had a chance to worship and preach over there with them at Swope Parkway and uh, while I was there in Kansas City. And now I'm home and don't have the support that we had in Kansas City. So the motivation has to be real. You have to really love the Lord. Are y'all listening to me? Huh? Your buddy and your friend should be Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you have to love him enough to be able to, with all due respect, speak to your leadership. If you don't have elders and deacons in your congregation, speak to your minister. Amen. Maybe he don't know how to go about things, and that's all right. That's why we're here. Am I right about it? Amen, because all you have to do is make a phone call. Well, Brother Green, I've had Brother and Sister Jackson to tell me they're not in here now. Uh, you all know Brother and Sister Jackson uh, from Cincinnati. Now, a couple of years ago, about three years ago, 
they had some property, had a house or two on the property, and uh, they were talking to me. And man, I said, man, if I had what y'all had, boy, I'll fix that thing up. I'll start housing some men out of prison and jail or off the streets there, man, that won't turn their life. Well, we ain't never thought about that before, Brother Green. It's just been setting there. Man, you need to talk to your leaders. Now, guess what? They got three houses today, and they up and running. They were glad to tell me that on yesterday. Say, Brother Green, when we talked to you last time, man, and we sat down and, uh, and you know what I did yesterday? I gave them a strategy that we use. I gave them a whole handout. Brother, this is going to help you. He said, we was having problems here, here, and here. Well, let me help you with that. Let me help you on how to set this thing up. You see, because sometimes, remember, we're working for the Lord. Not everybody that get out want to serve God. So, so we got to keep it real. Now, know that. Now, I know that some of us have fears. And now, now being real, that's a reality. Folks say, oh, you in the church, you ought to not have no fear. Well, you'll grow out of that fear, but right now you have fears. So people are wrong to tell you ought to not have it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, you ought to not have it. It's easy to say that, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, people say, I trust God with everything. Well, then why you went to the loan company to get some money to pay your bill? I trust God with everything. Yeah, the, the, the reality of it is this. Even in some of our ministries and in our lives, we know that God is able. But the question is, would he do it for me? You see, we know he's able, isn't he? But sometimes we think that we haven't did enough for God or we haven't been good enough for God to render this blessing unto us. Would he do it? We know he can do it, but would he do it for me? You know, and, and, and this weighs heavily on others. And there are some that have never experienced interacting uh, with people uh, of criminal background. Now, if I could trade my life for what I've done in the past, I would. But the reality of it is this. I can't do that. And now I stand before people, most of you I've never met before, to tell you about what God can do. And not be ashamed because I, I, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol for years and I've been in and out of the penitentiary. But now, if I told you this, what I was convicted for way back when at 15 years old, first degree murder and armed robbery, I didn't do it. And that's the truth. But because I couldn't give up who did it because I didn't really know their real name, they made an example out of me. Now, when I went into Angola, I was not a killer. But only two people knew that. Well, my family knew it, and me and God knew it. But I had 12 folk that knew nothing about this young teenager say that I'm a murderer and that I deserve to die. And because I'm telling them that I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. See, but I was hanging with some of the wrong people. Rebellious at home. How can you preach at 12 years old in the Superdome with the last leaders group, and at 15, you go on to death row. It can happen. Are y'all listening to me? And because somebody's charged with something, it don't mean they did it. It doesn't matter how beautiful they make it look for you to pass a judgment. It don't mean they did it. And that's where the wisdom of God comes in at. The wisdom of God. Because when I went in the angle, no. While I sat on death row, I was safe. 
But when I got the sentence commuted and come down that walk, I wasn't safe no more. So you see, Angola actually made me out a killer because I had to do what I can to defend myself. Y'all see that? So by the time I made it out of Angola, I'm not afraid of nobody now. But when I put in the applications, nobody wanted to hire me because they asked that dreaded question. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? Yes. And you have to put that on there. Nobody hired you. So I fit right in with the drug trade. How can I motivate the church to understand that, e man, you got crooks in church? You have crooks in the church. We might have some in this room right here. What do you mean, Brother Green, when God didn't bless you? And yet you're giving 10 and $20 in the offering. Dirty, low-down, rotten thief. When you should give as you as prospered. Am I right about it? Come on, be real now. K-I-R, keep it real. You, you stealing from God. When you know he has prospered you, and you you you, you want to get your hair done and nails done first and see what you got left, give to God. Come on. Dirty, low-down, rotten thief. <laughs> Amen. Now, 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 I'm being real now. I'm just keeping it real. There are things that we do. I'm so glad that God don't measure our sin. There are things that we do even in unawareness. And we beg God forgiveness, don't we? But yet, the contract that you signed when you took the model prayer in Matthew 6, when you teach your kids to pray, our Father which art in heaven, what does that mean? Our Father means not just your Father, he's our Father too. Which art in heaven, what does that art mean which dwells in the heavens? Hallowed be thy name. What does that Hallowed mean? Holy and honor is thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What does it mean in earth? It doesn't mean on the earth. It means in this earth, this bit of earth, you. Your will be done in me. This is the earth that God has made you from. Your will be done in me as it is done through the angels of heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, you're saying, God, give me what I need for today. I'm not worried about tomorrow. Just give me what I need for today. Listen to the contract. And forgive us our debts as we. Did y'all catch that? You see, what is the contract? You're saying, God, if I don't forgive, don't you forgive me. We have to motivate folks to really understand that forgiveness is the biggest part of being fruitful in the works of the Lord. Amen. Because you say, forgive us our debts as we, that's a continuance, as we forgive our debtors. Huh? That's the contract. Some people just pray it motivationally and don't understand a word that you're saying to God. And then you're wondering why you got so many problems in your home and with your children and stuff, because you don't have no forgiveness in there. Oh, I forgive. No, you don't. Now, watch this. Motivating the church to do what the church should be doing. Look at this. He said, do you remember Christ's gift of forgiveness to you? Huh? Let me see some. Brother Tubbs, read that 1 Corinthians 9, 6, 9 through 10. 
Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. Do you remember Christ's gift of forgiveness to you? Mm. 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit Dirty, rotten thief. You forgot what you used to be? Such was some of you. You used to pick up that whiskey bottle. But all you did was drink red wine. You didn't drink white wine. But my doctor told me, Brother Green, it's good for my blood. Such was some of you. All you could do is look at the faults of others and not recognize your own faults. The church got to be motivated by knowing that we were in the same shape. No, maybe you have not uh, been arrested by the sheriff's department, but Satan have had you under arrest one way or another. And Jesus is saying that I came to loose the shackles. The shackles that have been holding you down from doing what I need you to do. What I commanded you to do. So many of us, it's easy for us to talk. And anybody that's been around Brother Green, they know he's not a talker. Brother Green is a mover. See, PPM stands for pray, plan, and move. And if you want some proof of that, look at Nehemiah. Every time they talked about Nehemiah, he talked to God first. Amen. He prayed. He planned. He said, I can't come down. I got work to do. And if I come down and entertain your foolishness, I'm not going to get the wall done. He moved on the wall, didn't he? People are going to try to discourage you from doing it. Some folk are going to say, oh, girl, you all right. You ain't got to go in there. Girl, you don't know what's going to happen in there. But yet folks are dying from accidents at the stoplight. They, all they did was stop, wait for the green light to boom out of nowhere. Folks are dying in their sleep. You got less folks dying in prison. Hello, somebody. Are y'all hearing me? So how do I motivate you to want to do more and want to tell your leadership or wanting to get groups together to do more? Now, Brother Cedric Ivory recruited me when I made it back to New Orleans. He said, Brother Green, uh, he didn't know me from night and day. All he knew that he said he'd been hearing about me. Uh, Eddie Lees and Fields said, man, we like you. Man, you ain't putting up. You ain't tolerating them brothers. Now, I wasn't a minister, but I was a minister. Well, I'll take that back. I was the assistant minister. They had selected me there. And uh, all I knew is that when I hung up my guns, from serving the devil faithfully. Y'all catch that? Faithfully. I didn't want to be lied to coming to the Lord. All I knew was about being real and this is about God because God means something to me. 
You know, I mean, I wasn't trying to hear about God when I was making it do what it do. Did y'all catch that? But now that I'm in the, in the church and you're telling me about love and all of these things and what leaders are and supposed to be according to the scriptures, and you're going to tell me I can't open up my mouth if I see you wearing titles and ain't doing nothing? Is it sinful for me to say something? We have too many people wanting titles. But with those titles come great responsibility. Yes, 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 yes. Now, Brother Ivory oftentimes tell people that's the hardest working preacher here in New Orleans. Why? Because my work don't just take place. I'm in the office little time. But we in the jails and prisons uh, most of the time, the nursing homes. You know, uh, last year we baptized eight people in the nursing home. You know, they tell me, man, ain't nobody ever baptized no folks in nursing homes. Well, what did I call Buck Griffith for? I asked Buck, Buck, I wish I had a way to baptize these people that can't be moved. He said, well, Brother Green, I can help. I have a portable baptistry. And guess what? I just paid Buck for that baptistry yesterday. He gave it to us almost a year ago. And I just paid him for it yesterday. We didn't baptize almost a dozen people already in the nursing homes. Y'all see that? Amen. Now, watch this. Sometimes you may have disagreements, and it's all right to be able to disagree with, with respect. Remember our Lord and Savior. We, get, we get, should never forget about that. I know sometimes our feelings get in the way. That's why I don't operate off of feelings. But I operate off of what I was called to, and that was uh, righteousness or unrighteousness. Am I right about that? Either we're going to live righteously or unrighteous. There ain't no in-between in that. So, I'm glad to introduce y'all to one of our financial guys in the church. Now, watch this now. Don't get me wrong. I'll stand up and tell you we struggle financially. We're still on the rebound. We got a lot of people with fixed incomes, and they do the best that they can. And through all that, we have a benevolence where we're able to help people. Ain't that something? Amen. But sometimes we got to have our knockout and drag outs. Not, not physically now, okay, but using the word of God. Say hello, Brother Henry Anderson. <laughs> Brother Anderson is one of our finance guys uh, that are responsible for finances. And when uh, it don't seem as though they're giving me excuses about helping somebody, well, we ain't got it there. I'm not asking you to go there. I'm asking you to go in your pocket. <laughs> don't tell me about benevolence. You, you know, a congregation, let me tell you, this is just my opinion. Don't go back and say, Brother Green, this is just my opinion for Elysian Fields. I had to get them out of this. There ain't nowhere in the world you're supposed to be saving in benevolence. Did y'all catch that? What are you saving for? Somebody come to you for a need. That's what it's for. Amen? So motivating the churches to to, to do what Christ have instructed us to do, the examples that the Apostle Paul and all give us. And you know, Paul identified himself a lot, huh? He said, uh, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus. What are you saying, Paul? Man, I'm handcuffed with him. He had read me my Miranda rights. He told me that I have a right to the tree of life. Am I right about it? I have a right to the throne of grace. Am I right about it? Why? Because I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. And I'm no longer what I used to be. Now the world may see all that I used to be. 
But when I come into Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 told me that if any man be in Christ, if he be in Christ, not know of Christ or about Christ, but he got to get in Christ. Am I right about it? That's where the difference is. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. I don't have to walk around with my head down anymore. I have a right to speak in the men's meeting. You can't tell me I just got here anymore. That's how they used to handle me. Well, brother, you just got here. Brother, I've been here almost a year. No, you ain't understanding. I said, you know what? Y'all about to get some understanding here now. Because y'all talking and ain't doing nothing. What are we meeting for? Let's start meeting on what we can accomplish. Don't put something way out of reach and you ain't doing nothing. We still meeting. So we don't have them kind of meetings no more. I'm not saying that because I'm the minister. I'm just saying that we have to set the example. And these men see that. They know that now. That's why they have gotten behind. Now, now let me tell you, our greatest strength in this ministry, oh, man, is the congregation. Oh, man. Boy, I tell them folks in jail, when you come to Legion Field, I can't tell them about 4636 Louisa Street. Thirty-six forty-four Louise Street. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell them about that. As a matter of fact, I'm almost about ready to not send anybody else over there out of the jail. Why do they? I mean, we we have no problem. They they all want to come to Elysian Fields, and we don't have any problem. But we want other congregations to experience. But if you walking around the side pit because they over there from them, they feeling lonely and, and not friendly. That's not what Brother Green said. But when they come into Elysian Fields, whoo, man, the members, boy, them folks be, they, the prison, they be scared. What are people come talking to me for? <laughs> but we've already told them what's going to happen. When you come into Elysian Fields, now I'm proud to speak about Elysian Fields Church of Christ. That's our stronghold. It's the members. Oh, it's the members. Oh, they are so loving and kind. You see, you got to remember that such were some of you. Everything that you can call out about what somebody used to do. Girl, I'm not going to give her not one hot penny. I gave her $5 last year, and she ain't never gave it back to me yet. Uh-uh. I don't know what she's doing with it. Listen to me. You're giving, in your giving, you don't monitor. Am I right about it? Now, if you have trusted folks like we trust these gentlemen to handle the funds that are the God's funds, see, I had to get that straight with the church. Somebody was talking about, huh, uh, 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 I'll pay your salary. Watch it. Yeah. And so I had to make an announcement. Instead of addressing her, I had to tell the whole congregation. I said, brothers and sisters, I want you all to know, those of you that want to pay my salary, please give it to me and not to God. All right. <laughs> because if you give it to God, then I can't handle it. But if you pay it me, give it to me. But if you give it to God, then we got people that handles that. And it's not Brother Green. So give it to me if you're going to pay my salary. And boy, look, ain't none of them start paying it yet. <laughs> 
we have to be real, right? Amen. We have to KR, keep it real at all times. Keep it real. Now, the word of God alone motivates us to be obedient to his word. How much time we have left? How many? Two minutes. He said two minutes. But listen, y'all, we're going we, we gonna, we gonna to stick it. a fork in me. I'm done. Uh, uh, we're not going to go over. But let me say this. I need to put this pitch out to you. I told a couple of the brethren that I would do this. Now, at Allegiant Fields Church of Christ, we have a ministry called a Fish and Fellowship Ministry with these kids there, some of them from the guys that are locked up, their children and everything. Uh, instead of them hanging out with the wrong folks with some of these young, ooh, we got one, 10, 11, and 12. Uh, we decided to try to channel this thing in the right way, take them out fishing, helping them do some positive things. Now, one of the congregations in, uh, in Lafayette uh, 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 donated a boat to us, and uh, they told us that uh, the boat, the motor may go out soon, but that motor lasted us a couple of months. So uh, we've been able to take people out fishing, these kids and things, and adults too now. Matter of fact, two weeks ago we had, boy, we had a lot of them showed up, never, uh, fish before I didn't know anything about it and now I'm saying that to say this we got two things going on and we know that God gonna bless us some way somehow now we know that God blesses us through others we need to get a, a motor for this 26 foot boat that hold a dozen people we've been new to this didn't know that stuff is expensive Anybody that been fishing or know anything about boating, wow, well, we are lost. Didn't know that. Went to go check on the used one, thinking we can get it for six or $700. But the numbers that, that that man started talking, I was like, something is wrong with this picture. So I went online and started checking. I said, oh, man, we just, we just out to leave. If you know anyone in your congregation that might want to donate a Yamaha motor, got to be big enough, 200 horsepower, to push a 26-foot boat. Boat is nice. It's good. Everything is good, except the motor. Just like some of our, except some of our spirituality. Huh? Uh -huh. Everything good, except us moving. Uh -huh. Everything good, except us moving. Now, also, we have a four-bedroom house that we have, and uh, we need some funds. Maybe you can tell us how to get some. Uh, some of you may operate everything we do. We don't have any grants or nothing. Everything we do comes out of our pockets to help the people. Uh, some of you may be able to help us because uh, we got to try to raise about $55,000 to fix this house up to house about eight people, okay? If you can help us anything, get with Brother Green. I give you a card. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. Amen.